Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe, and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day, I like it in the morning. Make my day, and even in the afternoon. Make my day, sometimes in the All right, everybody, I want to welcome you back to Make My Day. I'm your host, Marcus Brown, and this is episode 46. 46 is the number after 45, which was coincidentally our last episode. Might have noticed it was a few months ago. Yes, it's true. I just got back from my Greek vacation where I got some time to take take care of myself, put myself together. No, I did not have a big fat Greek wedding, as you may have thought. But I actually watched Mystic Pizza recently, which reminds me of uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. The food, the love, the culture, there's a lot of, and it's a cinema movie as well. I am really happy that you are here to be with us today on Make My Day. We're going to have a great show. We have Henry Terepka on the show of Zula, the band Zula from New York City, right here in New York City's own Zula. They're incredible. I really recommend that you check them out. They're a great band. Uh, we're going to talk some sports. We're going to talk a lot of special things. We just had Easter. I don't know if you guys celebrate or not. A lot of you guys are New Agers. Uh, some of you are satanic devil worshipers. Other uh, believe that this is just a computer simulation, which is fine. We are inclusive in regards to our belief systems here, and that is fine. Uh, but we had Easter, and I'm going to give you guys a little breakdown of the historical significance of Easter. Other than that, we got a great show. Let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Hey, honey, I'm home. Hey, did you remember the Walners? Of course I did. Anything for you, baby. Oh, Dave. Walners. Premium walnut products. Find them in your grocer's freezer. Well, that really made me hungry for some walnuts. Um, Some premium walnut products. They're good to go with watching TV, watching sports. And speaking of sports, why don't we go ahead and hit some? Well, the NBA playoffs are back, and the clear favorites are the Oklahoma City Thunders, who unfortunately just suffered a first-round defeat by the Utah Jazz. Uh, That is unfortunate. We will see what happens in the East. You're going to have to look out for LeBron James and the rest of the East. It's a challenge. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that, as well as the NHL playoffs. Uh, That one is heating up. The Sharks and Piranhas are going at it, and we'll have an update on that on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, Marcus Brown with a zero as the O. It's a little clever play on words that I've made up. It's my branding decision. It's my my my. It's what I've decided. So get with it or get out of here. Get out of here. Speaking of getting out of here, sometimes it's nice to take a little twist, to a little trip down uh, Fantasy World Lane I'd and like turn on a movie. Turn on a movie. I have Netflix. I have an Amazon Prime account that allows me to get shipping as well as video on demand services from the web giant Amazon. Uh, a movie that I chose to watch the other day was called Mystic Pizza and I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. It's a, it's a fantastic flick and it's something that I highly recommend watching um, with people of all ages including your grandparents or maybe your grandchildren uh, could be distant relatives as well or or friends um, that would work 
to Mystic Pizza's fantastic Sandra Bullock movie, um, as well as other actresses as well. Um, basically what happens, Sandra Bullock, kind of a party girl, gets to date a uh, exciting uh, jock guy who went to Harvard or something and dropped out. And then there's another girl who's the younger sister who dates an older guy who has a wife. And that creates a lot of steamy romance that you, as an audience member, can do a lot of envisioning and imagining all in the magic of a motion picture set in a small town in probably Connecticut where they make pizza and the pizza is not that bad. There's even a TV chef who comes by, gives it a shot. He says that it's exquisite. He doesn't even like pizza. So I'm going to go ahead and highly recommend Mystic Pizza as a movie that is going to lift your spirits and you're going to have a magical time. I guarantee it. Four star. Speaking of great stories, we just had uh, a sig- very significant one in the story of Jesus Christ's I'm resurrection, back. also known as the Easter Bunny tale. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people have been asking me, Marcus, what the dang heck does the Easter Bunny have nothing to do with Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, hallowed be thy name? And I say, that's well, that's a dang good question. And that's why I would like to explain it here on the show, get it straight, and that get you guys thinking get you clear for the next time you're going to church so you know what actually happened, the true story, uh, and it's always good to know the truth. Hundreds of years ago, back in Jesus' heyday, before he was murdered by the Romans and later bravely uh, came out of his cave, uh, there was a meeting of the world's greatest leaders at the time. They met at the UN headquarters in New York, causing a huge traffic jam on First Avenue. It was a first-of-its-kind meeting with many things on the agenda. World peace, ending hunger, and imposing sanctions on Iran. Some of the meeting's notable attendees were Jesus of Nazareth, Santa Claus, Karl Marx's great-grandfather Groucho, and of course Bono. Santa felt he was shouldering an unfair burden in distributing the toys to children of the world. It's just not fair. They expect me to do everything. Have you seen my body? It's fat. It's hard for me to move all those goodies across the globe in this suit. I get all sweaty, and when I get home, Mrs. Claus doesn't like how stinky I am, so she doesn't want to give me the steamy steamy, if you know what I mean. Santa, we're hearing you. You've been shouldering the world's responsibility for far too long. It is time for us to step up and join together. That's why we are gathered here on this historic occasion to solve the world's problems. It truly is an incredible day. Touch me! Bono was always enthusiastic. Well, uh, well, I, I for one propose that we gr- grind up the world's supply of toys and, and candy and ship it ar- around the world to various uh, distribution centers where children can pick up uh, their ration of uh, pleasure powder to be enjoyed daily, thus allowing Santa uh, an increase in leisure while cr- creating millions of jo- jobs around the world. Well, Mr. Marx, uh, that's dumb, but thanks for trying. It's always worthwhile to have a diverse discourse, especially in matters of world importance. Jesus was known to be quite diplomatic. Now, I'm just spitballing here, but uh, let's take it back to the meaning of Christmas. It's my birthday, and, uh, well, everyone parties and has a great time. Maybe we can celebrate something else cool about me, like that time I died and came back to life. That was 
pretty incredible, am I right? That was pretty chill, but I don't want to give out presents twice a year, two days a year. That's double the work if my math adds up. No, no, that that, that wouldn't do. Uh, what I'm proposing is that we cut your volume 30 to 40 percent over the next 20 years by having another super being distribute the same 30 to 40 percent on what we might as well just start calling Easter. Why, why don't we just get recent college graduates to distribute the presents throughout the year, thus providing them with honorable careers that help them pay off their student loans? Or we could use a bunny. I love bunnies. They're cute and cuddly, and you could cuddle them and kiss them with, uh, with your mouth even. I love bunnies. Now that's an idea, Claus. I, uh, I'm into it. The Easter Bunny, how about that? I think that'll do. And so, on that day, the United Nations General Council created the Easter Bunny to the delight of millions of children around the world. The end. Dave, get in here! The game just started! Did you remember the Walners? Of course, man. Always remember the Walners. Oh, Dave. Walners. Premium walnut products. All right, everybody. Today we have Henry Terepka of Zula, a fantastic band based here in Brooklyn. Uh, highly recommend y'all check them out. Henry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from the gym. It always makes me feel better when I go to the gym, you know, get the endorphins going, kind of. Mm, nice. Know. Yeah, it's good to be healthy. So let's go ahead and start off with some kind of rapid fire questions, get you warmed up, get you get you going. Sounds good. Okay, um, Henry, what's your favorite month of the year? My favorite month, I, will, I love the spring. The spring always reminds me of uh, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like uh, April, May, I think of cherry blossoms. I think of uh, finally t-shirt weather. I think of going to the park. I yeah. grew up in, uh, in New York City, so park time was a break from the urban gray yeah that sounds beautiful how, how about uh how about this this is a little curveball for you do you generally adhere to a bedtime i um i don't i uh have always had trouble going to sleep always had trouble putting myself to bed uh, I was constantly falling asleep in classes in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time when my parents wanted me to go to bed right at 8 p.m., which was a huge, huge bummer for me as a small child, um, more or less trying to kill time and amuse my mind from 8 p.m. until oh, 2 a.m. when I would feel sleepy. And yeah. So I would sneak in listening to the radio and... I would bring toys to bed with me and create imaginary worlds, and I guess maybe that was a time that I got used to being alone with my thoughts. But uh, if I if I had a bedtime these days, I would say it would be around 2 a.m. Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've had a similar experience with with uh, sleep, especially when I was younger. I wonder um, maybe it was just uh, you know our attempt to to take ownership of our time, right? Like all, the rest of the day was just regimented doing things people told us to do as kids. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, at some point my uh, my parents, uh, they split up. They divorced when I was in high school mm-hmm. and their, uh, their ability to tell me when to go to bed kind of collapsed around that same time, whether <laughs> out of coincidence or out of any, uh, you know, the sort of general, uh, uh, deterioration of authority, but uh, 
Uh, at that point, I just kind of would go to bed when I felt tired, and so that was often pretty late at night. Um, but I've always since then thought of the nighttime, thought of the last hours of the day as the time that's really my own and where nobody else can make demands on me or or how I choose to spend that time. It's also interesting too because while that is some freedom that we have at the end of the day, it tends to rob like quality hours from the next day too. So there's a weird balance there. Oh yes. Do you do you do yoga? Have you ever tried yoga? I do. I um I do yoga occasionally. I work alongside a good friend of mine, uh, Chris, who is a he's been a practitioner and teacher of yoga for almost a decade now and is now at a point in his practice where he's leading yoga retreats and so sometimes I'll go to his class um, which is at a pretty fancy yoga studio in uh, Union Square Hmm. but uh, I haven't made it a regular thing yeah Um, kind of have have trouble scheduling things in a regular way it's something that uh, my uh, partner Sophie and I talk about a lot kind of trying to find a balance between keeping keeping our schedule free and open because we're both um, creative types. She's a painter and I do music and so we like to see uh, a free schedule but we're also discovering that to do things that might not be at the top of our list like exercise that requires a little bit more more uh, control, more regimented sense of time. Yeah, I struggle with the same thing, trying to keep my schedule open, and then sometimes it's sort of, um, that freedom's kind of constricting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Zula? I'm a big fan. I've been listening to you guys for about two-something years now. Uh, originally kind of heard it through some friends, and I really enjoyed Grasshopper. Your and your latest EP, Six Passes, is fantastic, too. Tell us a little bit about Zula and what's going on. Zula is a band that uh, I started with my cousin Nate. Um, he's my my dad's brother's son. We've been playing music together since we were teenagers. Um, and we've had this project together where we have sort of been discovering ongoingly what music we love, what we care about, and what we want to bring into the world. And sometimes that's a really intentional thing and sometimes that's just sort of going with the flow of what our collaboration comes up with Um, but uh, we've played with a number of really gifted musicians over the course of the seven years that we've had the band now and we've gone through some different iterations of our style and how we think about our uh, our goals with the music Um, I think when we started out we were into the idea of doing something really restrained and something that had withholding to it um, at a time, you know, as maybe in our early 20s where we were seeing people sort of explore their virtuosity. Other musicians, like, play a lot of notes and take big solos and do, like, really flashy things as a result of being trained musicians, and that was not something we necessarily connected with, and... We were both off at college and discovering how college-age people create their own identities, how they self-actualize through music. And so that led us to Krautrock and Stereolab and the kind of music that uh, maybe uh, American liberal arts colleges kind of encourage or those maybe are sites of 
proliferation for indie rock or for uh, for art rock or something. That was kind of the the start of the band was that that style like maybe kraut rock or sort of minimal indie rock. And as time has gone on, we we've discovered new things and we've maybe relaxed a little bit and. And I think we're also collaborating with people whose taste we've come to trust, or maybe it's that we've learned to let go of our own controlling instincts, that it has to be one way, or, or it won't sound good, or it won't be the right style. And so, in our current lineup with myself, my cousin Nate, our bassist Joanne, our drummer Alejandro, we're in a place where it's more collaborative than ever, and we're trying to push forward with a new collection of music that hope to release in the next few months um, that will maybe f- foretell where we're where we're headed or where we're taking the sound which is I guess in in to, to bring it around it's a little less of the hypnotic minimal artistic art art rock and more more fun more pop more uh, playful maybe a little bit less self-serious at least that's the intention at this point uh, you've primarily worked with Nate in the writing and production process when you're making a record and now you're saying it's more collaborative so how how are y'all going about the writing process now considering how you've been sort of intricately layering loops and and all these cool sounds and production elements into your music well it's been kind of a number of ways and I'm no expert on collaboration I mean (laughs) I feel like the longer I try to create anything the more I feel that uh, it's a, a matter of chance and a matter of kind of stumbling onto things. So there's been some sort of concepts that we've tried to work with, like um, Joanne, our bassist, she sings. She sings lead on some songs. She writes lyrics for the music. And that's something that's new for our project. And the collection of tracks we're working on at the moment, we're thinking about how we can feature those moments, feature moments where our voice um, is not at the center of the aesthetic. So at the same time that we're trying to set up these concepts to allow us to be better collaborators, I think we're also trying to kind of go with the flow and see what happens and not not be too bound to some kind of idea of like vision or something or some overarching like idea of like the auteur or the uh, the genius is like i think our our music has moved away from that and has moved towards being in the moment with these musicians that we get to play with and discovering what happens when those energies come together uh so nate and i have written a lot of songs you know we've demoed stuff for this new material that we worked on and we're bringing that to the table and sometimes you know a song might just be pretty close to the demo um but if that's what our bandmates are into then we're okay with that so we're not trying to force it to be any one thing um but at the same time we're trying to let go a little bit when you guys are self-producing this this material right yeah we've worked with uh great mixers and great musicians um who, who bring it to life um, yeah, we're, we're producing these albums and sort of getting, getting really in the details of things, um, sort of zooming way in and then trying to pull way back and see things from far out. 
we're really close to the material. We're constantly switching back and forth between like the micro and macro and the little tiny details and the huge big picture of what our voices mean in this world. And yeah, it can be a little dizzying sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess where when you say dizzying, I'm thinking particularly I'm working on something where I go from writing the writing process is done, but, uh, you know, production to like mixing and then back and forth. And it's like when I have a mixing hat on, I'm like, this is bad until it's good. And then if I want to listen to it, like as a, you know, from from a writer's perspective or producer's perspective, I have to like ignore a lot of the stuff that's wrong about the mix and be like this song is good stop oh yeah being so critical <laughs> there's a lot of like going back and forth and it is dizzying dizzying is a good good word for it but how would you say being a songwriter informs your production well i think it's um i think most producers talk about um or you know mix engineers or anyone who's at the intersection of like the technical side and the emotional side of of any creative work um, kind of talks about trying to get out of your own way or let ideas speak for themselves not feel the tendency to want to twiddle a knob or dress something up in an effect Um, so those are moments when I'm really trying to do less um, figure out what's working and let it be and not not be too fussy with it yeah but uh, it's 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 difficult sometimes, and especially in a collaboration where you're both excited about the material, and someone is endlessly spiraling from one idea to the next idea, and uh, you know, like thinking about putting on different hats. Sometimes I actually wish that I literally had different hats to wear uh-huh. to indicate to people like which where where my feedback is coming from yeah like if somebody's like really excited about a song it's like this chorus like this is really what's up you know and i want to add uh, some crazy effects to this and and then this is this is something uh a note or a comment that's coming like deep into the mix process you know and at that point i'd love to just like go over to the shelf and pick up my project manager hat and put it on and be like this is not the time to be thinking about adding more sounds to this mix like we just have to balance things right now yeah and yeah it's it's really tricky to do that when you're trying to foster an environment that's creative and liberating to to switch into that role of shutting down shutting something down so you can finish it if you can think back to yourself as a 20 year old and as a songwriter as a musician and as a producer uh, what advice would you give yourself knowing and and living what you've experienced up to this point um i think i would i felt like i came to understanding musical community sort of late compared to some other people that i know um I, I sometimes share bills with uh, musicians who are younger than myself who have been playing shows longer than I have because they started earlier. Huh. And for a long time I made recordings and pretty much kept to myself. I would play coffee shops. I would 
play open mics, but I wouldn't really make an attempt to connect what I was doing to the rest of the world. And I think if I could give my myself advice, a, a younger version of myself advice, it would be to seek out and try to develop those connections that we have with the world. Like if you're, you know, when I was 20, I was listening to a certain kind of music and to figure out who else is listening to that kind of music and track them down and open a dialogue with them. That would be my advice. Henry, thanks for joining us today. Uh, can you share links where we can find your music? Sure, yeah. The um, one place that uh, you can experience Zula's music online where we might actually uh, get uh, some some money for it is Bandcamp. So I'm going to plug the Bandcamp. It's Zula.Bandcamp.com. That's Z-U-L-A.Bandcamp.com. We have all of our material up there going back... Uh, going back a number of years now um that's that's our stuff it's gonna be uh an active space in the next few months as we uh release the products of this collaboration that we're working on and uh yeah i'm excited for the future awesome well henry thanks so much for joining us it was a pleasure and i hope that everybody checks out zula because they are fantastic so henry thanks a bunch Thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, that's going to have to do it. Make my day. Episode 46. It was really fantastic. I thought we did an okay job. I thought we did a pretty good job. I thought we did a great job. And I'm really happy that you guys were here. Send me an email at makemydayshow at gmail.com. Make sure that you send me an email at gmail.com. And we're going to have a great time. So I'll see y'all soon for Make My Day, episode 47. Y'all take care of yourselves, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Wake up in the morning, make your two sloppy eggs Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread Have a cup of joe and the next thing that you know It's time for you to hit the road Make my day, I like it in the morning Make my day, and even in the afternoon Make my day, sometimes in the evening I actually wish that I literally had different hats to wear.